Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone, and welcome to the 51st episode of the Leader Post Rider Rumblings video podcast. Uh, each week, we pay tribute to someone who wore the uh, former or current Rough Rider who wars or wears wears the uh, number that corresponds to our volume number. So, this being number 51, we honor 2018 Plaza of Honor inductee John Terry. We honor 1966 Great Cup champion Cliff Shaw, 2007 Great Cup champion. Marcus Adams, among others, Chunky, as he was popularly known. And um, we're very honored as well to have with us today the co-host of CTV Morning Live, former uh, recovered sportscaster. I don't know if I'm recovered. <laughs> I'm still uh, holding on with a tight grip. The great uh, Daryl Rom- Rommel from CTV. Daryl, thank you so much for hey, being with us this, today. This is an honor to be here with Murray McCormick and, and it's you, I guess. Um, it's half I'm day here. <laughs> It's not an honor to be with me. I've been with me for 55 years. It's no fun whatsoever. It's hat day. I'm paying tribute to the Denver Broncos. Uh, and um, Murray's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Murray, what hat are you wearing? I presume you're wearing one. Uh, I'm wearing my Golden Knights hat. Oh. Las Vegas Golden that's, Knights. That's Just, a fireball offense. Look what they did to the Jets. Every day we run a story on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and there's Murray McCormick in the corner. He's wearing his Expos lid, and I give him a shout-out every morning. And, uh, yeah, today today was just a little different. All right, I don't know and why. Please explain the B to us. This Darryl. is a Brooks Bombers hat. To WCBL now. West yeah, that's Canadian right. Baseball League, uh, brand new hat. To, they haven't done so well, but uh, support the hometown. Good year for the Brooks Bandits, though. Great year for the Brooks Bandits. It was an incredible atmosphere to be in that building when they win the Junior A National Championship. And congratulations again to the to the Brooks Bandits, my hometown. You were there for that. I was there for that. Oh, that must have been cool. It was neat. It was a neat environment. That building is, is fantastic. It was sold out standing room only. Standing room tickets, in fact. People behind us looking over our shoulders. So. Sounds a little like Prince Albert not too long ago <laughs> yes. on Monday night. Absolutely true. Um, Rough Riders, my sources tell me the training camp is underway. Uh, Daryl and I are are so amazing at what we do that we're we're in Regina and everybody else in the media is <laughs> in Saskatoon covering training camp. Daryl has a reason he's on a morning show. I have no excuse whatsoever for not being there other than just not being very good at what I do. So, um, Well, that's not true. That's, well, I would disagree. Um, so, Murr, uh, via Hi. telephone from his plush no-star hotel room in, in Saskatoon, um, what uh, do you make of training camp today? Way anything stand uh, out uh, most recently? Well, today was the first day they had pads on, which was usually a, a sign of a loaded, lot of excitement, getting pretty pumped up to see guys hitting each other. But it was basically inside run stuff, so there really wasn't any big collisions or any sort of uh, noticeable pad movement, other than there was a couple of noises of guys hitting. So it was, it was a pad day. It was kind of a Kind of a blah day, I guess the best way to describe training camp. There weren't a lot of big plays or anything. It just was they devoted a lot of time to walkthroughs, which is really fun to find a Murray's monster out of a walkthrough. They have pad day and they're oh, doing they're... walkthroughs. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of wearing pads? Well, I guess. Yeah. Murray, I thought this was all about the first chance for leverage for for guys to figure out who can who can do what and how they stack up because they really haven't to, they haven't had a chance to push each other around. Well, they, they, you know, some, it's it's kind of a thing. The interesting in the pad days, they do hit each other quite a bit, even without pads. It's, it's more of like a rolling stuff. So, I, I don't think it's a big adjustment to wearing pads. It just was didn't seem to be. Yeah, the pads didn't seem to fire up a whole lot of noise and stuff. But it was Craig Dickinson had an interesting uh, statement today that he says he listens for the clicks of the pad, and that's when the pads hit each other. You can hear that popping sound. Everyone's into clicks these days, it seems. So. Yeah, we want more of them, and that's what that's what he kind of watched out for. And he he mentioned a couple guys like uh, 
what's his name, Charbel DeBuyer, a Canadian defensive tackle, and uh, Dion King, another linebacker from the international linebacker. And the whole offensive line seemed to have a lot of those clicks going, so he was excited about that. It was, an, it, as I said, it was an inside run game, so they didn't really have any chance for big collisions and stuff that I was kind of looking forward to, but it's they're, I, they're limited to how many pad, padded practices they can have, and it sounds like uh, fine, they're not going to go to the limit, so it's kind of takes a little bit of excitement away. Yeah, so I, I hate to say it wasn't a, wasn't really a – I know some other media guys would go crazy over it, but it just seemed to be more of like a training, day three of training camp. What, what's your guys got, what's your main takeaway uh, overall, Mur? Having seen the Rough Riders for three days now, what really resonates with you or stands out now that you've had some opportunity to watch this new team uh, collide? Uh, I'm gonna. It's gonna sound pretty darn obvious, but I think uh, Zach Kolaris is standing out for me a little bit. That he just seems to be a little more relaxed, a little more involved and stuff. It seems to be different than he was last year towards the end of the season last year when he really wasn't very much fun to deal with and that kind of thing. So I've kind of noticed a little bit with that. Uh, the pace isn't quite as frenetic or frantic. Frenetic. Frenetic. That's our word of As the under day. Chris Jones. <laughs> Chris Jones loves Chris speed Jones, though, right? Yeah, Chris Jones pushes them. They went speed. Their guys are hustling. And there's there's more, that, but it doesn't seem to be that that craziness to it. There's more of a, there's still the double barrel. And for people who don't realize that's when they put, they put the offenses on two sides of the field and they go in different directions. And they, that way, it doubles the number of reps that quarterbacks can get. You don't have one one set of offenses going up and down the field. But just not that phonetic pace that seemed to be such a big part of Chris Jones's uh, training camp. So it's a little different in that. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming maybe they'll pick it up because one of the, one of the hallmarks of the Riders was how they in shape they were towards the end of games. And, and I think that's something that uh, wants to – another part, I know people are going to find it. Doing with Chris, Craig Dickinson is an absolute treat so far. He's – it's funny. He understands you. He says your names. He's uh, much more aware of what, you know, the, giving the media something, explaining to us what's going on, which is a Chris was very close to the vest with anything. And it was, it's kind of neat to have a coach that's willing to interact with us a little bit more than Chris ever did. So that's a big part. Uh, I'm still waiting for a receiver to kind of stand out. Like this Paul McRoberts guy was pretty, was really good yesterday. And I know everyone was talking about him and even Rob talks about him. And so was Kieran Moore. Because they didn't throw as much today, nobody really stood out as, as much. So you didn't really see if these guys had a chance. That's why tomorrow's the big day because now they've had the pads, they've hit, they've, they're going to be sore, and there's more of a playbook, and we'll see what they come out tomorrow to play like. So it's uh, tomorrow's a uh, – I hate to say big day because they're all big days, but tomorrow's going to be the day when their bodies have now gone through three days of it, including some pretty good contact, and we'll see how these guys bounce back and show what they can do. I noticed right away that uh, Craig Dickinson, even in the media scrums and, and the limited inter- interaction I've had with him, he's not afraid to throw a joke out. One he's of the great, clips, isn't he? one of the clips that stood yeah. out to me from from the things that we ran this morning was they said, "Well, how's how's it different this year?" And he said, "Well, yeah. at this point last year, I was a couple burgers deep in the team meal." I saw that on the Pat McKay story yesterday. And it was just like it was such a good quote. I actually have it in my column for tomorrow with full attribution yeah. to CTV. Um, yeah. We never got stuff like that before, and it's there's more to being a coach than, than than appeasing or mollifying the media but it's it's yeah. part of the job especially in this province and beyond these borders especially with regard to anybody who follows the riders it can be in japan yeah. or uruguay or anywhere uh you have to communicate with the fan base the media being a conduit uh to the fans and, and craig dickinson recognizes that and that's that's applaudable 
He's always been that way, though. Too. Yeah. We oh, yeah. never interviewed him that much. He does. He plays special teams quite a bit. But he's always a good guy to talk to. You know, special teams and overview for the team. He just walk by and say hi. How's your day going? Which is even during I kind practice, of practice, he would do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Nobody true. does I, that. I, no. <laughs> I kind of point that out to people that it kind of endears you to them if they they treat us like human beings and not just annoyances that are here to kind of question everything. Yeah, that's do. nice. Thanks, Mer. Daryl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go, 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 go ahead. Necessary I evil. I so it resist. Go ahead, Mer. Yeah, it, it doesn't really mean much in the overall team's performance, but it just makes your life a little bit happier and you're kind of enjoying things a little bit more. So, Daryl, uh, I, I the think... podcast. I'm already making stupid jokes and ruining it. Just keep asking yeah, Murray questions Murray, and I'll sit here and try Murray, to Murray, I, I do have one question, and that is from my seat here in Regina. I'm not able to make it up there because I do get up at an ungodly hour uh, to do yep. to do the show that I do. Quarterback is the only thing that anybody stops me and talks to me about. They know what Zach Caleros can do, but beyond that, I think personally the best quarterback after Zach Caleros on the roster is Nick Marshall, who's never thrown a pass in the Canadian Football League. Is a defensive back. We've only seen him in short yardage. How do the rest of these guys stack up? Uh, Daryl really... knows all about his U.S. college quarterbacks. I do know all about my <laughs> yeah, U.S. college quarterbacks. Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't think you're too far off the mark saying Nick Marshall might be the best quarterback. Sign Not... Kevin Glenn. Sign Kevin Glenn. No, come Murray. on. Come I on. haven't seen anything from At some point, you have Pizarro. to move on. I can't. At yeah. some point, I you have... have to move on. Hey, I'm here, you know, guys. Eh? I'm trying to talk. When we love you. No, love you. no I'm joking. <laughs> yes, no, ahead. I'm joking, guys. It's hard when there's somebody out there. I haven't seen Fajaro or Watford or Harker or any of these guys really do anything that's made me think, oh, we can stop being concerned about the backup quarterback. Fajardo is okay passer. Watford's been pretty good on spot. Harker's had a couple of passes I haven't really noticed him, and the other guys are just – so the concerns about who the backup quarterbacks haven't been alleviated or eased up here in one little bit. I just – and it's day three, and they're, they're all in different roles, and Watford is you know, still making that conversion from a receiver to a quarterback again, so – yeah, I haven't seen anything that makes me say, yeah, there's a backup quarterback in this group, and I'm still – I'm like, Rob, people up here keep telling me to talk about Darian Durant. They want to see if Durant will come back. And and I kind of think they've moved on from him, and I think that's not an option. But we, Rob and I still think Kevin Glenn's got to be the only guy left. If you're going to bring – sorry, Murr. Um, yeah. If you're going to bring sorry. Darian Durant back, he's got to start. Otherwise, it's just yeah. – it's, it's it's not a good be. situation. Not because Darian would be disruptive, but because he is Darian Durant. And that yeah. th- that's just that, – there's a distraction factor there because people have such deservedly fond memories of him. Kevin Glenn would seem to be perfect for that role, and he has been at various mm-hmm. times in his career. Um, Zach Kalaros, even if he has a good year, and even if, even if he stays healthy for the most part – as tight as the West division is going to be, if your quarterback isn't available to you for a game or two, which is a, a likelihood considering the length and, and the, the rigors of the schedule, you're going to need a number two guy who can come out of the bullpen and win a game for you. And I don't think they have that. Kevin Glenn, for yeah. as long as uh, we've talked to him, has called himself the best insurance policy in the Canadian Football League. But the problem with him, if you notice the last few years, the team that he goes to, the starting quarterback gets hurt and he inevitably makes his way into games. At some point, don't you have to? At some point, don't you have to find a number two and develop a guy? What's with the Canadian Football League lately, and and just trying to find guys and recycle guys? Well, because Winnipeg's found a guy. Yeah, part of the issue is you don't have time to really develop a quarterback. Like you have training camp. That's why the longer they wait on his backup quarterback, the harder it's going to be to bring him in because they don't have this training camp basis. Because 
you know, next week when they come back after, you know, after the I mean, weekend, so they got they got a game on uh, Thursday, Thursday or Friday, Friday, a week from Friday. So they got to prepare. Yeah, so they got to prepare for that. So that means so then they have to get Zach ready to play whatever little bit he can. So it's it's really hard to find time to develop Canadian quarterback, any quarterback in the league. So that gets in the way. But teams do it, and you got to commit to that. I maybe Fajaro can can be the guy. You know, he's got the experience as a backup guy, which I don't think really lends itself to, to becoming a starter because you just sort of work on those those plays. You're not really working on the overall playbook. But it's it's really a concern right now about the backup quarterback. And I know because of Zach's injury history, it is the number one concern, but normally it would be just sort of a concern because not every team has a good backup quarterback. But, yeah, as I said before, I haven't seen anything here that says, yep, things can move on. So maybe they have Kevin Glenn's number and then he'll show up here someday. But right now it's – it's Zach all the way, and then no, no other way, I guess. I have I have seen John Ryan throw a touchdown pass. <laughs> well, John Ryan could probably be a receiver. You know, I forgot to, and it's kind of funny. We Rob and I have spent most of the offseason not disparaging Corey Watson, but kind of pointing out his age. And I have to tell you, I've been very impressed by Corey Watson. First off, I didn't realize he was so big. I think he's about six three, in somewhere around the two thirty range. He's a big, rangy receiver. I've li- I keep thinking, boy, he's like, he looks like one of those young draft picks they have who have a, who've both been injured here. And, and Corey Watson has been kind of impressed me, so which is surprising considering as Rob and I, we kept pointing out towards these 35 and what do, well, why did they sign a 35-year-old receiver? But it looks like he has legs. So considering Mitch Picton, uh, Braden Lanius, Justin McInnes, and even just old Jake Hardy's name in there, all the Canadian receivers are, are injured or not practicing. So Watson is the only guy who can play that wide slot that if they go that Canadian way is out there. So it's been a, it's been a, I've been watching Watson more and more and I'm beginning to feel a little more confident in him than I did the fact that he was 35 year old. And he signed well, you can get 35 catches and 400 yards and maybe two or three touchdowns out of him. That's, that's what he can do. Hey, and that, that's not someone, bad for that position. Touchdowns for a wide right. receiver, Rob, wouldn't that be a new, a new idea? Imagine My that. Goodness. Could I mean, you no touchdowns trying? for a wide receiver last year. No. And uh, the last thought... one was Deron Carter in the East Division final in the fourth quarter in 2017. Last touchdown That's by a rider wide receiver. The defense has been what's driven this team for the last couple of years. Yeah. It's been the hallmark of this franchise. And you, at some point, you got to find you got to find some offense because, as we know, offense wins football games. It's not it's not defensive stops. Yeah. And at some point, this is probably a good uh, way to get into the defense. The defense is. It's going to be good. I know Solomon Aluminium has been away because he's dealing with union business, a collective bargaining agreement, and the, the riders are fine with that. And if anybody thinks the riders are saying, why isn't there being one of their big free agent signing not being here practice? They understand the CBA has to be explained to teams and that takes time, and they're, they're perfectly fine with Solomon Aluminium being gone and doing his job in that world, and that's fine. But it's been a top opportunity. I've watched Cameron Judge has been playing a lot more at middle linebacker than uh, probably – 75 to 25 with uh, Sam Hurl, if I had a guess. And uh, like Sam's still doing, Sam was like a run guy last year. So judges looked in, it looked pretty good in there. As I said, it's still the third day for your training camp. So you can't see that. And I'd like to look at him. And uh, I, I can, I like watching Micah Johnson. I hope I pronounce his first name right. But I got nailed it. Nailed it. And he's a big dude, man. He's like defensive tackles. And I was teasing Zach Evans are round. They tend to be, you know, a little bit more chunkier and stuff. But Micah is at 6'2", 280, and just ripped. He looks like 
uh, more of a defensive end and a defensive tackle. So you, so he can really, and he's kind of disrupting things a little bit things. And he's so glad to be here. And I think that's going to be a key to this defense. The interior of the defensive line is going to be so key to this team that I think we're going to make people forget a little about Willie Jefferson and that kind of stuff. But they've got a good for, solid middle of the offensive defense in the second for years. For years and years, Murray, thick Nick Lewis didn't look like a guy who could play slot receiver, but he that's hurdled true. guys. So yeah, so looks can be deceiving. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've had some few days, Murray, to look at the, the defense and it's still early, but looking at that defense that under Jason Shivers, is anything stuck out for you as far as anything that looks different, better, worse, interesting? Well, no, same might be the best word I can think yeah. of. I you know and that might be a good thing. Yeah. yeah no, I, 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 nothing I, wrong with that. Yeah. Like, and the, Cause I think he's got, he doesn't, I don't think he's going to tinker as much. I don't think we're going to see as many positional guys moving around. Like, like, you know, with Derek Moncrief, I think they've got they've pretty well set with their twelve guys on defense as starters. So I don't think there's about to be a whole lot of moving, and I, I haven't seen anything that makes me go, "Oh, this is different." It's still, it's still installing playbooks and teaching the guys and bringing the rookies along. It's getting allowing the prospects of time to show what they can do, so they can evaluate them. So there's a lot of that stuff. Maybe they're keeping the playbook a little more basic because of that, because they want to make sure they get a chance to say that. You know, some of these kids can play. Like, I'm trying to think of some of the names. Like, there's a guy I was watching today, uh, Jacob Dearborn, a free agent who stood out at the Combines, got, had a pick and had a knockdown. He, another big guy that could play safety, maybe even move up into that Sam spot. And he looked pretty good. I liked him. There's uh, Blake Brown. He's a guy that's been kind of moving in and out of defense with halfback with uh, Lucius Purifoy. He's not here because he's in with family issues. So he's kind of caught my eye on defensive as one of the uh, – new guys out there and linebackers. I've been trying to watch out for Christopher judge just to see what he can do. And I haven't noticed him on the field a lot. Christopher, we know is Cameron judge's older brother. He's trying to come back to football after being away for nearly five years, but it, you can kind of watch him on special teams and see what they're having really special teams have been more drill like than actual special teams play. So it's been pretty hard to uh, get a good sense of them. I don't know. It's not defense, but you need them. I have been impressed with the Powell and Thigpen combination. I have to bring William Powell is a stocky, a short, stocky, compact guy who looks powerful in his name is. And then you have Thigpen who brings this sort of the lightning and the speed to it. And I was watching in the inside runs today and I was, I was impressed by how Powers, Power, Powers, Power, and Thigpen's breakaway speed was still in. Those are the good guys, as Rob likes to point, are in their 30s and are still pretty contributed. And I think they're 1A and 1B of the two running backs. And if, if that works out, and I, if they give the ball more to these two guys, I think it's going to be better for Zach because he won't have to throw the ball more and maybe he will get hit less and he won't be susceptible to uh, concussions and being injured. And maybe it can be a good sign because everyone keeps thinking about the Zach of the 2015 era. And we all know it's been a long time since 2015. And he needs, needs protection and he needs some running backs to take a little bit of pressure off him. So... CTV had the story yesterday, sorry, Mer, um, on the two running backs. And uh, included in there was a hint that they may be on the field at the same time, which I found very interesting. Uh, I don't think they used Marcus Thigpen as much as they could have last year. And granted, he was 32 years old. But with having them on the field at the same time creates all sorts of interesting possibilities. For one, the defense has kept guessing. And two, you put Marcus Thigpen on on a linebacker, and that's just... That's gold. Like why? 
And I wrote that last year. Why aren't they using Marcus Thigpen more? And so to hear them even acknowledging that that's a possibility. I grew up watching George Reed. There's your power back. But Ronnie always liked Silas McKinney. He had Peter Watson. He had Bobby Thompson. He always had the, Paul Dudley even. He had the receipt. He had the second running back in the backfield that you could, you could flank out. Molly McGee being another one. And basically another pass receiver. Bobby Thompson had wide receiver type totals as a running back for the Riders because of the way Ronnie used them. So did Silas McKinney one year, Peter Watson. So to hear that they're talking about doing that makes me think, well, borrow something from the Ronnie playbook. Uh, yeah. Can't go too far wrong well, there. A more recent example, the New England Patriots did, did it just last year winning the Super Bowl. Sony Michelle pounding up the middle and, and uh, James White on the outside, that quick release slant for Tom Brady, who's an older quarterback who they talk about just like you're talking about Zach yeah. Caleros in, in terms of protecting and, and giving an outlet. And I think that you're right. If you can create another dynamic to that offense, maybe those touchdowns will start to come. And Thigpen hasn't slowed down a step. He still has that incredible breakaway speed. We saw those two big long touchdowns last year that he got. With one of, with both off runs, Rob? 82 yards and 80 yards both on runs. He also had a kick, long kickoff yeah. return for a touchdown. And he looked, I think he had a 34-yard touchdown run too. And he looks so fast. And he just like, we kind of figured, I think he had four touchdowns last year, didn't he? Four rushing touchdowns? I, I remember the I remember the three, yeah. and he had a reception touchdown. It, was it the Labor Day game? Yeah, I think maybe. it was, and he had a, a kickoff return yeah, so touchdown. I think it was five. So and he shows up here in shape. You, did, you don't have to worry about Marcus Sigpen. And as I said, like Powell's no exactly not exactly a plotter either. He's just a power guy. Powell once he gets through holes, I remember well, especially I remember watching him roll up lots of yards against the Riders when he got through holes because he seemed to have a pretty good career against the Riders in four or five games. So. I, I'm. I'm. Can we say excited? No, I'm not going to say excited. It's too early to be excited. It's training I'm, camp. Everybody's excited. Uh, yeah. Go out and buy the jerseys. I guess I got to buy the jerseys. Speaking of buying jerseys, uh, John Ryan's the punter, and uh, oh yes, how's he looking? <laughs> ah, good. He's. I'm. My story is tomorrow. I know I want to sell some papers, but uh, he's a. I think Ben had four touch, four rushing touchdowns yeah. last year. By the way, and a reception and a kickoff return. That's, Six touchdowns. That's all right. Because I remember. So I had to correct. That. I could just have. I wish I could have let that up. Anyway. Uh, He's one of the first – my hotel room overlooks the field, so I'm spying on them all the time. And I'm watching for the first guys to come out here. John Ryan's always the first guy. There's a few stragglers that come along, and he's working on punting. He's working on getting used to the field because he, he tells – he told me, he says, he needs the open field because he, this is the only time the field's open because in practice there's guys out there all the time. You don't really have an opportunity to, to figure out the field because it's fake. He's been gone for 12 years playing on what we know is a postage stamp compared to the CFL field. So he's got to finish finish out angles and all those kind of things and distances. So he's out here early working hard. And that's what a vet does. And I, you don't you can bet the young guys you're seeing, here's a, the oldest guy on the team is the first guy on the field. And he's jumping into running back drills. He's jumping into receiving drills. He's doing the scoop drills and all that stuff. So he's, he is doing everything a veteran's supposed to lead, not by standing there saying, look at me, look at me just by doing what he's supposed to do. And and I think just by – I'm going to be curious to see how many John Ryan jerseys are at the first Ryder home game. And I know the well, – His family – Just his, his nieces and nephews alone. alone. will sell over That's 150, a, I'm sure. So he, they'll make back – if he's making 100 grand a year, which <laughs> I still say good for him. I still think it could have been invested in a backup quarterback, but that's something else we can always talk about. But he's going to make a difference and an impact. And – People will find out, and we hope we can portray it. He's one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. 
and you'd never know he was a professional. Off the charts, off, off the charts great. Yeah, yeah. A professional. He's a phenomenal human being. And I think part of it too, Murray, beyond being a professional and trying to figure out the, the runs, the ins and outs of the Canadian field, as it were, he's just excited to be on the field. Just talking to him over the last number of weeks, as you guys have, he's just, he wants to play the game. Yep. If he didn't want to play the game, love the game, he wouldn't be here. It's only middle age. He could live in LA and, and, and follow he could, Sarah He could live in Seattle. He, a great... He's a great little stand-up comedian himself. Yep. He's learning the trades. He's hosting shows. He's owner of the Portland Pickles baseball team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's a number of things. And he's only like 37. He's a Canadian punting age. That might be middle age. He could have another seven or eight years left in him. Oh, I did Bob, Bob Cameron, look how long yeah, he Yeah, Bob did. Cameron was pretty effective. I think Bob Cameron could probably still step off and still punt because he was so good at handling the winds and all those things in Winnipeg. So it's a good thing. And, and here. But unfortunately, it's at the expense of a guy named Josh Bartell, who we all liked. We all made, all made us laugh and was entertaining, but he couldn't tackle, which I still find an interesting spin on releasing a guy because your punter didn't tackle well enough. That's a reach, isn't That's, it? I never, I've never oh, heard didn't that. Didn't he play Aussie Rules football? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, he did. So I think he can probably tackle. Yeah. Like, why, why give it? And why if you're, if you're worried about that, <laughs> if you're worried about that, you've got bigger problems exactly. in your specialty. Yeah. That, that still is a stranger. That's an interesting spin on things that we say. But, hey, at least it's not fake news, eh? Hey, you could have just come right out and said, listen, we want to sell some jerseys, and yeah. John's a great well, human. Well, no, you look at the numbers that John has. His numbers are superior oh, to Josh, and oh. he'll, he'll show that. And he's so fit, too. Like, he just reminds everyone. Oh, fit. he was on American Ninja Warrior. Was he? Yeah, he didn't He didn't do phenomenally, but he was on there just like anybody oh. else. And, and he, oh, my goodness, he's in great I shape. have to make a confession. Does TV pick that up? I, walk, I, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. My, you can probably, you can probably find it on fun. Crave TV, the best and only streaming service in the well, world. Well, my, my <laughs> world is my I watch American Ninja Juniors with my six-year-old granddaughter. That's the closest I get to that, so. I didn't know that was a thing. That would be way more entertaining. She only cheers for the one, really she to the one wearing watched, pink all the time. So <laughs> I watch documentaries on the Kennedy assassination. That's How does it end? How do they help. end? Your mind works very interestingly. No, not interestingly. I wouldn't say interestingly. Strangely. Yeah, I can Strangely. <laughs> I, can, I can choose kind adjectives if I choose. You're in the same room oh. with them. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You're never other... here when I'm here. I, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to wonder about yeah. that. Any other final sentiments you'd care to share with us, Murr, before we uh, allow you to actually get something written today? Mm, no, I'm kind of... Deadline's approaching, right? Don't miss yeah, deadline. No, I'm not trying to think of that. You've, uh, you've got an hour and 40 minutes. Don't miss deadline. I want to go that, for a walk in the park. My final, my final sentiments, and I know we use nice guys a lot, but Jordan Reeves getting carried off yesterday by a knee injury, yeah. and there's really no update today. And I'm, I'm guessing a knee injury. I'm thinking it looked that way. There's a guy... You know, he, he worked so hard to become a pro and to get into football, played basketball, and he had some issues off the field. And he's so ready for this year, and you just follow him on Instagram and stuff. And you, that's when you realize it's, what a heartless business this could be. And maybe he'll be fine. Training camp, day one. Yeah, so, and Jake Hardy last year. And I, I remember those are final thoughts. And people think we're kind of heartless and we just go on. But to see guys get hurt is really the sad, the hardest part of this game. That One of the hardest parts. But to see guys get hurt. Just doing their job and trying to trying to make the team is is disappointing. And I wish Jordan the very best, and I hope he's he's back here. But you never know with a knee injury. And uh, other final thoughts: uh, they're gonna. I think there's a green and white game coming up, and uh, Saturday. Saturday yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And maybe my other final kudos to Saskatoon. You know, we they really do a good job of supporting the riders. There's a good wasn't much of a crowd today because other than the people who are retired, everyone has jobs. So there was only about. 
but yesterday and uh, Sunday, there was good crowds here and they're cheering them on and stuff. And it's a great facility for to host training camp. And one day, Rob, you'll get up here and see it. Daryl, I don't think you'll ever be up here, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to print out an 8 by 10 of Murray McCormick. I'm going to drive right up there to get it signed. Sure, that'd be awesome. You'll have to let Murray hold the pen, and then you'll have to move the photo underneath the pen to get the spelling correct. Oh, that's <laughs> funny, Rob. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's not good. Oh, 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 I really... I really hope that Dan Clark recovers yep. and has Thank a great, good, good season. Point, yeah. He is an absolute gem of a human being. He does all this community service work. He does the Red Cross stuff, the anti-bullying, all of these things. And any time that our show or anybody else, you guys, anybody, calls him and says, can you do this? Before he's finished the sentence, he always says yes. Yeah. He's battled so hard to be where he is. He's a smart guy. He's a great family man. And I just hope that he's able to get back on the field and, and do what he loves and do it at a high level. Because and he's going to be in for a battle here too, though. I think. And that's just the yeah. thing. That offensive that offense, line, they got so many more players than they do spots. Not just starting spots, but roster Brandon Labatt, and I, is so good at center, and Philip Blake being a left guard is no drop-off, and you have Bladick, who's looked there. Their use, Bladick, has looked, Bladick yeah. it looks really good at right guard, surprisingly strong and powerful. And the two tackles in Cofield and Kobe, Cofield and Coleman have looked good. So there, there's not a lot of room. And I think Matt, regardless of what had happened to Dan Clark, he would have been in a tough battle here. To keep the, and then where do you put Dakota exactly. Yeah, doesn't Shepley as well play yeah. center? What do you put Braden yeah. Schramm? Like, there's so many questions there. Great Something has to give on that offensive yeah. line. And that's, a, yeah, like you said, that's a healthy situation. Maybe you can trade a couple of those for a for a backup quarterback. I don't, or just sign who's Kevin got a backup, Bring Who's Vernon got a backup Kevin quarterback Glenn. that Kevin would Glenn. trade? You can get Seth Daggy probably. I, snaps for Seth. Snaps for Seth. I'd love – I would – I'd love to see Vernon Adams back here. I think that'd be a that'd be an upgrade. He's won a game in Regina, which you can't say for any of their backer at backup candidates. So anyway, Murray, we will we will give grant you your leave you. so that you can furiously. I'm, I'm going to go put some short lines that have arbitrarily. Should I tell people I did this pantless? No, maybe not. Eh? Well, well, you just no, did. No, I did. Okay, I will wear shorts. <laughs> Murray McCormick, disgrace. <laughs> Um, the Darryl, legend that is Murray McCormick. Thanks for joining it us today, It was a pleasure. Uh, Talk to you great, guys. It's always great to hear your Next voice. Next Monday, maybe. Probably. Uh, Daryl Wommel, we normally don't uh, compensate our guests in any way, shape, or form. Oh, but, okay. Um, well, they are good. They, oh, no. I have no, for you. No, you didn't. You got it. Johnny Manziel jersey for Daryl Wrong. I was so excited about this when he came into the, to the league. And, and Johnny Football signed. Thank you so much for, for getting Wrong. this done for really? me. Isn't it John Football? Johnny Football. It's John. That's John Football. It doesn't quite have right. the same John ring football. to it. Yes. No, no, it doesn't. But when he's playing in the XFL for four games next season, this is going to be on my back. Well, good for you. So I hope, <laughs> I hope every one of our special desk guests doesn't expect this sort of uh, – graft but oh, uh, i just tweeted it. i had to uh, i had to do this for you so thank you Daryl. thank that, you for Rob. joining us enjoy the jersey uh, i'd like to thank our producer mark melnichuk to uh, mark uh, i've had a chance to work with him on not only podcasts but video podcast video projects and uh, he's absolutely top notch and doesn't get hey, enough credit so hey, kudos hey, to mark hey, where can we find this podcast huh thanks mur this <laughs> podcast uh, what am I supposed to say now? Um, you teed that up perfectly for you. I blew you. It. This and is why I'm it. not in television. And arena. you blew it. Um, it we're, on, we're on Google Play Music. We're on iTunes. We're on leaderpost.com. But if you're watching this thing, you don't need to know where to find it. Um, <laughs> but I have to read this message at the end. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. It helps us grow the podcast. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email Rob at rvanstone at postmedia.com and we'll read it on the show. 
Last week we had no questions. We've had no questions for a month. Nobody wants to send You stuck questions. to the script. That's better than I do for my producer. So this I don't, is fantastic. I don't have a well done. Prompter, well but. done. I don't read it anyway. Murray, right, thank you. Guys. Start I'm writing. Writing. I, I just got to start now. <laughs> I got an hour and a half. Nothing easy peasy. And no, and no okay. more. I look forward <laughs> to your call. Thanks so much. Daryl Rommeld. For Daryl Rommeld and the Brooks Bombers, I'm, uh, I'm Rob Banstall. Thanks for joining us, and we'll do this again next week. Take care.